I said, hey, ladies and fellas, if you're listening. As a woman of color, it is so hard to find lipsticks and glosses that really pop on my beautiful brown skin. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When the lipstick is giving lackluster instead of Lil Mama, okay? (laughs) Well, I discovered the most radiant, saturated, and pigmented lipsticks for richer complexions, and I found them at the Lip Bar. The Lip Bar is a black woman-owned and led beauty brand that focuses on providing effortless beauty options for all women, but especially women like us with highly melanated skin. Oh, and did I forget to mention that all Lip Bar products are vegan and cruelty-free? Get into it, friends. Make sure you click the link in the show notes to receive 10% off your first or next order of beauty products at the Lip Bar. Hashtag, you're welcome. When you're doing unaligned work by its very nature, it's stressful. So you experience higher levels of work stress. And it I, I always tell people it is killing you physically and mentally. And then it's also killing your relationship. So relationally, you find that you're more irritable. You're mm. snapping at people. Research has shown that you have lower sex drive. People who are unhappy at work have, yep, higher divorce rates. Um, you're having more arguments. You're complaining about your job so much that your loved ones are sick of hearing it. And they're like, girl, don't talk to me about this if you're not going to do anything about it anymore. Like, I'm sick of hearing it. And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the tea party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. You know it's sugar free. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea. Up in here, we like it sugar free. Come through, stop by, get up with me. With your girl sitting back, I'm a little crazy. Ooh, right here with me. It's where you wanna be. wanna be Let's get it sugar-free yeah. tell me, girl, me girl How you like your tea? How you, like your tea? you know it's sugar-free yeah. Hey friends! How you doing? Good, 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 good Well, welcome back to the Sugar-Free Podcast the life advice podcast for millennial women hosted by me your homegirl in your head sid mac and we're here friends we made it not only to 2023 but we also made it to the season four premiere of the sugar-free podcast can i get a round of applause let me hear that clap hey Yes, I am so excited. Okay, I know we've been a little shaky bakey lately, friends. I know we've been a little shaky bakey, but we here. We made it. I am back. Okay, we are here. We are locked in. We are ready to get 2023 started off right. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the premiere episode of season four. Okay, so the last time I checked in, I let you guys know that the show would be changing up the format a little bit, right? So traditionally we have done seasons, we have done remixes, which is basically the reruns from the previous season. And we have had essentially some form episode running every single week. Well, as y'all found out, 
from our previous episode, I am entering the Sex in the City phase and era of my life, friends. And so I just can't keep that schedule up anymore. I just can't keep it up. So let me tell y'all how things are going to go moving forward. You ready? Okay. Okay. So the show will go from a weekly show to a bi-weekly show. Ooh. I know, I know. So what does that mean? That means instead of running four episodes a month, which will be one episode a week, we will have two episodes a month, episodes every other week, potentially three episodes in a month, depending on how or where the Mondays fall. But more or less, think of it as moving to an every other week proposition for us here. We will still have seasons, okay? But the breaks in between seasons will likely be a lot shorter because... The seasons are going to go a little bit longer because we'll be doing every other week instead of every week, right? So this season, we're also going to be introducing some new formats, right? So the format has traditionally been that every single week, I sit down with an expert, either an expert by experience, like lived experience, or educational, more traditional experience who sits down and talks to us about an area of our lives where I'm sure we have questions and could use some advice, right? And so we're still gonna have that as the main component of the show, but this season I am also introducing, and I don't have a name for it yet, (laughs) so just go with me here, but I'm introducing a girl chat, like a girlfriend chat feature element style of show where I'm going to invite one or more of my just personal girlfriends onto the show. And we're just going to have a conversation. We're just going to have a conversation about a variety of topics, current events, things that are happening here now and new um, so that we can get advice in a different way. I just got this idea because I was sitting down and having some conversations with my girlfriends, my sisters. And I'm like, man, the conversations that we have are so legendary. (laughs) (laughs) legendary because they're funny listen my people are funny if y'all think i'm funny my people are funny they will have you rolling on the floor so the conversations are entertaining but i learn and grow so much from these conversations with my friends because not only are they funny they are brilliant okay they be deep oh like they be like oh my goodness y'all (laughs) y'all Y'all are the truth. And so I think that you all could equally benefit from just some of the more casual conversations that we have. So we're going to do that. And then we're also going to move to bi-weekly. Make sense? Wonderful. Do I have any questions? Questions? Bueller? Wonderful. I'm so sorry I'm giving y'all Professor Mac today. But as y'all know, 2022 marked my semi-permanent retirement. I say semi-permanent because everybody can come out of retirement, right? Uh, Tiger came out of retirement. I don't know who retired, but Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. We know Tiger, Serena, you know, retirement is never permanent. So I was semi-retired from being a professor. I know. And so y'all going to get my normal professor voice sometimes. Got it? Good wonderful like that like when I check in with my students you understand all right all right all right wonderful so let's get into this episode okay so this week again we are sitting down with Dr. Tiga Edwin PhD oh I love a sister with some pedigree who is going to be talking to us about how we can ditch our boring 
soul-sucking, soul-crushing jobs and find a career that ignites our soul. This particular episode is so important to me because as I was sitting down with Dr. Edwin, I realized she said something so poignant and you're going to hear her say it during the episode. And the thing that she said was, when you are going to school, college, university, graduate school, there really is not anyone who sits down with you and says, hmm, let's assess your strengths and weaknesses. Let's talk about your likes and dislikes. Let's help you pick a major that will ultimately help you to find a career path that most aligns with not only your skill set, but also your interests. That isn't happening. Ain't that wild? You literally pay these people hundreds of thousands of dollars and they say, 18 year old you, you pick a major. Figure it out. Good luck. And I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. That don't make no sense. And that's why you have so many people out here running around with careers that they hate and jobs that feel like dead-end jobs, even if they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars because nobody sat down with them and they themselves did not take the time at the outset to determine whether or not they were in a major or had selected a major that was going to enable them to find a career path that was I don't know, interesting, fulfilling, soul sparking, soul igniting. It didn't happen. And so that is what Dr. Edwin specializes in. She specializes in helping you to find the career path of your dreams. And she has developed a system of sorts that helps you to identify strengths and weakness, weaknesses, passions, interests, right? And all of those things to help you find a job that sets your soul on fire. So if you have started 2023 with a job that is sucking your soul, this episode is for you. <laughs> okay. If you started 2023 with a job who you on the fence about, this episode is for you. If you have a friend that started 2023 with a job that's messing up their spirit, this episode is for you. If your spouse, your friend, your cousin, your mama, this episode is for you. We all have been that person or know somebody who is in a career that they hate. And it's not even a career at that point. It's just a job, right? We all know that person. And so this episode is for us because I've been there too. I've been there too. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Let's get into it. Dr. Edwin. Hey, girl. (laughs) And welcome to the Sugar Free Podcast. Please tell the good people who you are and what you do. Hi. Well, I'm Dr. Tega Edwin, um, and I'm a career counselor and coach. So specifically, I help women who are unhappy at work get super clear about who they are so that they can find a fulfilling career and job search with confidence. And um, so that's like my my business, my baby. In my full-time job, I work as a professor where I train counselors in master's and doctoral programs. I mean, you don't have to tell tell us where. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm I not going to <laughs> i know i know i know i know i don't tell the people where but i'm i'm gonna look you up girl i'm gonna look you up <laughs> <laughs> how about it how about it yeah but yeah I that's me that. <laughs> i love that i love that i love that i love a sister with some degrees honey because look i mean <laughs> girl <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I have all the degrees I could possibly get at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause you know, there's a lot of folks on social media who are holding themselves out to be experts and coaches. And, you know, I, I like a woman with receipts. <laughs> and I like to drop my receipts. <laughs> love it. Love it. So how did you get into like career coaching and professional development? How did you get into that as a career field? Yeah. Um, it, it kind of was an offshoot of my path as a counselor. So I'm a licensed counselor. So really my journey started in school counseling and then I did mental health counseling. And during my time getting my PhD, a role opened up as a career counselor. And so I stepped in and I took that role. And that was really where my passion, my love for career development work started. Um, and I did that for about two and a half years before I left and transitioned into my role as faculty. And then very quickly in that role, I loved the job, but I missed working with clients. I missed doing the career work. Um, and so I knew that I had to kind of go back and continue that piece of it, which is how Her Career Doctor was born. And in doing my research, I, I realized that a lot of people um, either aren't familiar with what a career counselor is or are closed off, like they hear a counselor and they immediately just like, no, nope, we don't do that. They shut down. And so I realized that more people are familiar with the term coach, which is why I started calling myself a career counselor and coach. And also licensing laws, right? I can't technically do counseling across state because I'm only licensed in certain states, but I work with clients globally and internationally. Um, and so that's why my work is focused more on coaching, but I'm able to still leverage my counselor training because that doesn't just leave because I'm not doing counseling. Um, I'm able to still, still leverage that to support my clients in their career your goals. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. So as we discussed at the top of the episode, the pr premise of today's conversation is to provide us with some guidance on how we can ditch our unfulfilling careers to mm -hmm. find the uh, career, the job, the life, whatever it is of our dreams and something that actually fills our cup up. And so I was curious, as you kind of mentioned, you having some pivot happening in your career had mm -hmm. you experienced something similar where there was something about your role or your career choices or industry that you either was never fulfilling or you no longer found fulfillment doing and then you decided to kind of pivot into something more rewarding like can you relate to this is this part of your story mm -hmm. yeah for sure <laughs> so before I stepped into counseling I was doing healthcare research. Actually, I really, I thought I was going to be a medical doctor. That was my journey. And then I failed the MCAT. And so I went into healthcare research. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, plus, but I'm like, they stay on call. I'm not, I'm not about that life. Um, and so, but I was unhappy. I was unhappy. I was like working in this tiny little box entering, you know, um, I remember it was like psychological research data. It just was not fun at all. Mm. And I quickly realized that one, if I was miserable in the place where I spent most of my waking hours, then something was wrong. Mm. And two, I wasn't created to be miserable. So if something mm. is wrong, I can do something about it. Um, and so that was kind of my, what started my own pivot journey where I realized, okay, for me to find something that I will enjoy, that I will find fulfilling, I know it has to be aligned with who I am, but 
how will I know what's aligned with who I am if I don't know who I am? And so it was this whole journey of just getting clear about who I am so I could find work that aligned. Um, and that was how I was able to kind of pivot and step into my career path as a counselor. Now on that career path, I've had multiple jobs and each of them have been fulfilling in their own season. Cause like I said, I've done school counseling, mental health counseling, career counseling, and now I'm a counselor educator. And each of those have aligned with who I was in those phases of my life. Um, but the, the path of career counseling overall, actually counseling overall has been, thank God, fulfilling for the past, I'm trying to do math in my head, which is not my strength, eight to nine years-ish. <laughs> <laughs> you only, you're the only one who knows the correct math. So whatever you throw out there is right. <laughs> exactly. We'll go with it. <laughs> I feel that. I feel like I can relate to that so much personally as I'm on my journey to and part of that is this show and mm -hmm. uh, figuring out what my ministry in life is. And I feel like sometimes finding that can be even more difficult when you feel like you're good at a lot of things or mm -hmm. you feel like you have lots of talents, you know, like I don't necessarily mm -hmm. find being a corporate lawyer the most rewarding, but I'm good at it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I, I, I'm doing it right. I've been doing it for seven years. And so mm -hmm. while I'm like in my spirit, I don't feel like it's my ministry. Here I am going down this doing path. It right doing the thing and so I feel like it can be be difficult to identify kind of what the right path is for you and so I have one more question before we kind of get into how you find the right path so did you use your own personal experience uh moving from a less fulfilling career to a more fulfilling career as the blueprint for your coaching for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting because actually it was, it's part of the blueprint. It's not the blueprint. It's part of it. Um, uh, cause I always say my blueprint is made up of two things. It's my personal experience as well as my expertise. So, you know, when I found my fulfilling career, it wasn't, and this is what I tell people, like, I'm not a career coach who it's like, I left my corporate role to become a career coach. You know what I mean? Like that, that was, it's like, no, I found my own path. And on that path, I learned more. And then I became a career counselor and, you know, career development is what I research. And so when I started working in the career space, I had my own experiences as my lens, right? As the backdrop. And then I got the, the privilege really, I will say of, before I started doing that, we're getting to study it, right? So I studied career development theories, career development research, career development strategies. Mm -hmm. And so that's the second part of the blueprint is I get to then pull in evidence-based practices, things that I know work and, you know, the, the evidence doesn't speak to the emotional nature of the journey. And that's where my personal experience and my personal journey comes in. So I will say it's a part of it. And the second part is my expertise. Because mm, I was, I asked that question specifically because I was wondering how one figures out the tools, the strategies, the kind of the sauce, the secret sauce necessary to like be the job fulfillment coach. Like it's, it's so niche, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. so niche. And when I came across your, so my, my guests know that I always Instagram stalk my guests. And when I came across you on Instagram, I felt like your content was so uh, interesting to me because I've never seen anyone talk so specifically <laughs> right I mean marketing 101 right but I talked so specifically 
to such a niche group, right? Like most people are like, oh, let me help you revamp your resume. Let me help you uh, do better in your interviews. But you're like, I'm going to help you to leave this unfulfilling career. And that's just a niche that I had never heard of before. So I was like, she must have some type of, per- some type of personal experience. Cause, <laughs> cause how are you going to speak to the people? Right. <laughs> right. Unless um, yeah, you definitely. have in your spirit. <laughs> exactly. Which is why to say, I mean, it's the personal journey and this is just, this is my purpose. This is why God put me here. Um, and I, I am proud of that. I'm really proud of the fact that um, I'm not, because I do help my clients. And, and that was what the, when I started my business, it started with the job search stuff. Let's interview, let's resume. And then I would work with these women and realize they had no clarity about what they were looking for. They were looking for jobs they were not excited about. They had no idea why they wanted the jobs they were excited about. And so it's like me and you, like me and the client, we're sitting here frustrated. Like, you don't even know what you want, sis. And so it's like, you know what? Before you start job searching, you need clarity. And I was like, this is the gap that I see. Like nobody is teaching you how to pick a career path. And, you know, again, like I said, the resume negotiating strategy, I do that, but I'm not going to work with any woman who doesn't have clarity first. And so I always kind of like, I I ask women, you know, where are you at? Do you know, if you don't know the job you're looking for, then we can't start with the job search. Let's, we have like one whole big old step to follow first. Um, But it definitely came some from my personal experience. Yes. Okay, this is such a good this is such a good segue. Listen, I love I love when a conversation just flows together. So I feel like this is a great place for us to start getting into how we can find a fulfilling career. So because you're right, I feel like when you go to college, right, nobody sits down with you and says, what do you like to do? How do you select a major? And that's why you have people who bounce around from major to major to major, or they will take gen ed and have an undeclared or undecided major, or they will get a degree that they don't really feel like they want or need because we don't have these conversations. And so how would you say that we can begin our journeys to really figure out what types of jobs would be good for us? Um, like, like, is there like a, a system? Like, like what, what, what's the first step that we take to find yeah. a path that's right for us? Yeah. Yes. There's a system. There's a system that I've created because that's what I help my clients do, right? Like I follow the educator in me is like, we're not out here doing guesswork. I have a framework that's been proven to work. Um, and it all starts with clarity, but clarity about specific, actually, so I, I the framework starts with clarity, but even before that, there's mindset work that needs to be done, really questioning and investigating your beliefs about the world of work. Um, so for example, when you were talking earlier about, you know, I've been doing this thing for seven years and I don't feel it in my spirit, but I do it because I'm good at it. In my head, I was like, I literally just talked to my clients last night about this, where just because you're good at something doesn't mean you enjoy it. And you have to give yourself permission to not enjoy the things you're good at. And so that's some of that is that mindset work of what are the beliefs you hold around the world of work? What's possible for you? What's available to you? So that I would say is it sets the premise because you can do all the other strategy stuff. But if in the back of your head, you don't believe fulfillment is, is possible for you, the point, everything is moved. And so Mm -hmm. then the next thing is clarity, 
but specifically you have to get clarity about your values, your non-negotiable work values, your interests, call them your zone of genius interest areas and your skills, your high power skills. And once you get clarity on those three things, they become the parameters that you use to evaluate roles. That that's what you kind of go back to when you're looking at a job and you ask yourself, am I going to enjoy this? What if I hate it as much as the other thing? It's like, no, we're not guessing out here. Let's go back to what you've learned about yourself. Because like I said, with my own journey, you are the metric for figuring out if work is going to be aligned. It's not what you've done in the past. It's who you are. That is the the thing you use to analyze roles for fit and alignment, which is why you have to get that clarity first. So that as you start looking at roles online, or even when people bring opportunities your way, whether it's a promotion or a new job, you can go back to that metric you've created of yourself and use that to say, is this aligned with who I am in this season of my life? Mm, okay. So I got, we got to unpack a few of those. <laughs> Let's unpack. <laughs> First as a professor and as a attorney, like having a framework speaks to my spirit. So I'm th- thank you for setting the foundation for us. Um, but one of the challenges that I found like specifically, and I'm sure other people have found is how do you even go about determining a zone of genius or, you know, like, do, do you journal? Uh, do you like poll people? Like what you think I'm good at? Like, do you have a conversation with Jesus? Like, like how, how do we even figure <laughs> like, that part out? Jesus moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 honestly, it depends on who you are as an individual. And I'm saying that because I've had women who have DM'd me like, you know, I used your, I watched your free training and I figured it out. I'm like, good, more grease to your elbow. But some are like, no, I need more support. And so Mm. some of it is journaling, but I will say a resource that I have out there for you. If you go to learn.findyourfulfillingcareer.com, learn.findyourfulfillingcareer.com. I have a training that that describes those things in more detail because Mm. When I think of zone of genius interest areas, for example, what that just means is what are those topics, ideas, and concepts that really engage you? Like when you're doing them, you lose track of time. You look down and you're like, dang, I forgot to get up and pee because you entered flow. And for some people, they're able to just hear that and think, oh yes, boom, boom, boom. These are the things that I enjoy doing. And then from there, they can go. For some people, it's I actually have no idea. And so that's where some things like assessments might come in, which is when I'm working with women, we go deeper into that work where you might need to journal, you might need to, you know, reflect on all your life experiences so far. It looks different for everyone. But the point is, once you know the definition, then you can figure out, okay, what is that thing for me? What are those topics, areas, ideas, and concepts that when I'm engaging with them, I say engage with them, meaning I'm either working around this, I'm reading about it, I'm watching YouTube videos about it, like whatever it is, when I'm doing something around it, I just, I get hooked. It's like, this is my jam. So that's a zone of genius interest areas, because those are the things that keep you engaged in the work that you're doing. Um, When I say non-negotiable values, which actually comes before the interest, we all have many values in life. And your non-negotiable values are really just, what are those core values? And when I work with clients, we try to, I try to make us stick to five to eight of them that absolutely cannot be violated by the organization that you're in. Because if they are violated, you were 98% guaranteed going to be unhappy. And I said 98% because I'm a researcher. So it's a 2% standard error. That's all I'm leaving. But really, it's like 100%. You're going to be unhappy. (laughs) It's like, that was just standard error. It ain't going to (laughs) work. And so... Even the values piece, it's different, but your values are are your beliefs, core beliefs, things that are important to you. Again, someone might hear that and think, boom, I know what those are for me. For some women, it's looking at what I say. If you look at your work and the times that you have felt 
really angry, really othered, really violated, and you go back under it, somebody violated the value of yours. Like when, when, when you, when you're bubbling, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like when you just feel like someone just, they violated a value. And it could be things like, you know, independence, compensation, diversity, job tranquility. So there's, there's so many values and that's why it depends on the person, but it's think to moments where you felt really, in, really just affronted. Usually that means someone violated your value. Again, when I work with women, we have like assessments to make that faster. And the final piece that I said was the high power skills. Again, we all have many skills, many, many skills. But what often happens is what you described for yourself is we're good at something. And somebody somewhere at some point said, you know, oh, you're good at math. You should be an accountant. Oh, you're good at talking. You should be a lawyer. And then we fall into a role and then we stick it out for years and years and years because we're good at it. And what I always say is if you do anything long enough, anything, even things you don't enjoy, you'll eventually become good at it. Good at it is not a metric. It's not a metric for, for, for fulfillment. It's enjoyment. And that's it. So high power skills are, what are those skills? Yes, you have many skills, but which of those actually light you up? Like when you use these skills, you come alive, you feel powerful, you feel confident, you feel strong. Those are the skills you want to then prioritize in the role that we select. So those three things are what make up the foundation of finding an aligned career path. Mm, okay. So I have so many follow-up questions. I have so many. So <laughs> okay. So the first one is, so one thing that I know that I've struggled with, and again, I'm speaking from my own experience, cause I'm hoping that a lot of other people have had these similar questions is like, let's say for example, my podcast like lights me up. Right. And so I don't know how to make a living from, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> am I going to have to, like, well, the thing that lights me up is basket weaving. Am I going to have to take a significant dip or hit to my quality of life uh, going from being a corporate lawyer to a basket weaver? Like, what do we do if the thing that lights us up is not profitable or lucrative or at least going to allow us a means of survival? <laughs> The first thing I will say to that is you are assuming that there's only one thing that lights you up and that's not the case. So plants light me up, but I'm not a horticulturist. Like, girl, I don't want to, I want to make money from no plants, but I, I, they all over my house. I buy them. (laughs) So, so when we do this work, all these questions, yes, we're relating it back to then what then happens with a career. So for example, again, let's stick with you in podcasting. Podcasting lights you up. Yes. One, it might not be the only thing that lights you up, but two, even if it was, it's not so much the podcasting that we're honing in on because eventually, hopefully, by, you know, you'll get to the point where it's making money, but it's like, okay, for now, I want to earn an income and not be miserable. Mm-hmm. And so it's, okay, what is it about podcasting that lights you up? If I look under it, there are many skills there, research skills, conversation skills, uh, communication skills, editing skills, potentially. And so it's really then breaking it down. What is the part of that podcast process that really lights me up? And are there jobs out there that leverage those skill sets? And then, okay, that's the skill. And then maybe for you, it's well, specifically podcasting with millennial women. Okay, well then what industries or what companies are providing services to this group of people, millennial women or millennials in general, and I know I'll be able to find women. Okay, find that group, find that industry, pair it with research skills, communication skills, 
editing skills, whichever one that lights me up, what jobs allow me to leverage these things because I'm highly likely to enjoy them because I already know I enjoy them in my podcast. That's what we're looking at. We're not, I'm not, it's not, you know, it's not directly, Hey, go turn your interest into a job because one, you know, we all have to make money. Right. And let's be honest, it takes times for a lot of time for a lot of our side side gigs to become profitable. And at the same time, don't ever assume that that side gig is the only thing that lights you up. This is why most, a lot of us are multi-passionate. We have many different things that we are interested in. And so when you step back and try and do that work, I talked about, get that clarity, really do your research, investigate. There is a job out there that aligns with one of your passions. That is not your side gig. Mm, that so so I think that that's part of what gets a lot of folks stuck right is this idea that you can only have one passion and you know I'm I'm a basket weaver like <laughs> you're in this basket weaving girl you eat baskets I'm a podcast like whatever the case may be and if it's anything less than that right unless I am the basket weaver to the stars like I haven't made it right and Mm -hmm. so what you're talking about though is really identifying the skills associated with the passion and then applying it to potentially a myriad of jobs that may or may not actually be basket weaving but have Mm. similar skills and so Mm. that that kind of brings me to another follow-up question is that when I have conversations with friends, because there are lots of unhappy lawyers out there. <laughs> I've, I've worked with a couple of them. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm going to be sending a few your way. Um, because, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things where they're the golden handcuffs, right? Do mm-hmm. I want to leave my profession that is potentially very lucrative for one that's potentially significantly less lucrative is an issue. And then the other is, let's say my hobby is is cycling, you know, and, and I um, I'm a fantastic cycler. I feel like that's my passion, but I don't currently have a resume that speaks to anything about cycling. Like, how do I make my resume tailored or in a way that it, it highlights the skills that I have um, to get the job that I want? Like, how, how do we make that pivot? Like, those are like, I think the two biggest things. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to me that lawyers feel that way because I'm like, yo, like it's our job to make arguments for a living. Like mm-hmm. you should be able to take X and convince somebody that it should be Y. Right. But mm-hmm. even those people have difficulties mm-hmm. selling maybe their softer skills or skills that aren't on the resume to, to get or pivot into a new career path. Like, do you have any advice for, for that specifically? Yeah. So first I'll say what I found is the reason why a lot of women are I mostly work with women. That's why I keep referring back to women. Yes. That's my target. Me too. So the reason why um, a lot of women are confused about how to transfer their skills, this is the very first baseline, is because they don't know the other job they want to do. It's like, if you don't know what you're trying to pivot into, how do you know what skills to highlight? Like, you can't just start by saying, what are my transferable skills? I mean, that's a part of the process, but- you have no context by which to identify which skills you want to pull out 
that are transferable because you might have a lot. So that's the first thing, which is why that clarity is important is let's first get clear on what skills do you enjoy using first before we even try to transfer them. And then when we, when we do that self-work, it becomes easier to find a new pathway that we believe will be fulfilling. And so once we have that new pathway, now we can pull a job description and then look at the job description and say, what is the need that this company is trying to fill? And what are the skills that are needed to feel or meet that need? Because that's what a job description is. It's a company saying, hey, we have this gap. We need somebody to fill this gap. And so then you can look at a job description and say, okay, for each of the things listed on here, what do I think I can do? Okay, I can do these five. Why do I think I can do those five? And the answer always has to be because I've done blank before. I think because I've done X before, I think I can do Y. And so once you've answered that question, your job is to now tie the skills you used to do X for Y. But you can't just jump and say, hey, I don't know if my skills can go anywhere if you don't know, because and, and because it depends on what you're looking for. And my brain like has five thoughts at the same time. And for some people, it, you might decide on something that does make you that does require you to take a few steps back. You know, I, mm. I call them, you know, a bridge job. Sometimes you mm. you might need to take one step back for about a year to get up to where you want to go. It just depends on where you're at because there might be some, you might find what you believe is going to be fulfilling and you might have a lot of significant skills gaps and you need time to fill those skills gaps. But in my experience, I found that more often than not, the women I work with tend to, when they're trying to pivot, they realize that the things that light them up, they've been doing in some way, shape or form in their lives somewhere, whether it's in their job, in their hobbies, in their volunteer activities, in their free time. And so they have skills that they can pull and market themselves. Otherwise, there are ways they can quickly develop those skills to then market themselves on their resume for that role. But ultimately, if you don't know where you're trying to go, if it, it's almost like when you're saying, oh, do I have any other skills I think of? You're asking somebody for directions, but you don't know where you're going. What directions are they going to give you? Hmm. Turn right, turn left, and then end up where? <laughs> <laughs> right back where you started, unfulfilled. <laughs> but if you know where you're going, then it's, oh, yeah, you normally go straight, but like that's the lawyer skill. Normally, I go straight, but I know that I know how to turn right and left because I know where I'm going. There's two rights and then one left, and I get to my destination. But when you have that destination, it's easier to then identify the other ways that you can get there, which is the other skills that you can market yourself for, with. Mm, so can we like, let's say the majority of the skills in our fulfilling career path, um, maybe not our currently chosen career path, all lie in volunteer activities, like maybe board service or like recreational pursuits. Can you list volunteerism and recreational pursuits on a resume in a way that's like, compelling? Absolutely. Then this is where the kind of coaches you work with, they, they, they'll know how to spin those skills. Like if you have, it's about, and, and, and that's one of the things I do, um, like in my job search program, it's resumes aren't one size fits all. There are different types of resumes that you can use. And so depending on the kind of job you're looking for, meaning the kind of change you're trying to make, you can, you can emphasize skills more than experiences. And so then the conversation is more about the skills you develop. And then you can talk about your experiences later, but it's not so much, oh, I learned how to do this as a volunteer. It's no, I know how to do this skill. And also I've been a volunteer before. Mm, okay. Okay. So I have a confession to make. <laughs> Since this is the sugar-free podcast, I regularly make confessions, right? So I wanted to pivot away from being a lawyer and to being a host, 
uh, television host, event host, producer, event producer, show producer. And when I was looking at production roles, I'm like looking at it like I can do that. Like I can research. I can I can talk to people. I'm personable. I'm friendly. I'm all this. But all my resume had on it was lawyer, 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 lawyer. Right. And so when people are looking at it, they're like, I don't see it, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, but look at me like you see me. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's part of the reason why I started my podcast is because everybody wanted to see my work. They wanted to see my skills. And so mm-hmm. the podcast, as much as it is me living out my wild fantasies, it's also me getting my reel together. So the next time I go out and I apply for something while I'm not getting a salary for this work, I am producing a very professional podcast every single week, you know, that is now the top 30 self-help and education podcast out there. And so have you ever recommended to clients that maybe they start a little side hustle or they, they do something like that to try to pad their resume a little bit? Because I can tell you the people who turn me down for those jobs, even though I'm telling them like, yo, I could do this work. There's nothing more gratifying than like seeing my show do better than some of their shows. <laughs> like I told you I could do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, work is not the only way to, to build credibility for your skill sets. And and because, you know, you gave your examples. One that I often also see is women who is like, financially, I legit cannot leave my job right now, but I know where I'm trying to go. So I need to build my resume to look like what I needed to look like. And so, yeah, that's where doing freelance, doing a side gig, um, help volunteering. So for example, there's some things I'll say is, you know, if you wanted, let's say this producing thing, you did your own podcast. Something else that you potentially could have done is if you had a friend who had a podcast and you said, hey, let me start producing for you. You record, I'll produce. You're still getting the skill sets, right? It's who's in your network that is doing things that you can leverage the skill sets that you can try to do the work so that you can have very valid experiences on your resume that speak to how you develop the skills. Sometimes it's even looking at your current company and going to find the other department who is aligned with where you're trying to go. So let's say in where you worked in your law firm, imagine if they had like an audio entertainment, I'm making this up, you know, like an audio entertainment legal section. And maybe part of what they had to do was audit, you know, productions. And then you might've said, Hey, on your next uh, project, can I join you? Cause I want to learn a bit more about that, the behind the scenes of productions, right? So there are definitely different ways that you can try to build up your skill set while still in that job. And what I found is even though that job is miserable, this is when you have a plan, if you know, okay, I'm doing these things to build these skills and this is my timeline. I know that in the next year and a half, I'm going to be out. It makes the misery bearable. Not like we're going to stay miserable, but it's like I, I have now there is a light at the end of my tunnel. I have hope. So now I can stand this because I know I'm doing all these other things to get me on my way out. So your, your life outlook isn't bleak because you're actively doing things to change your situation. And, you know, it's just a matter of time. You just haven't gotten there yet. Yes, it's like it gives the nine to five purpose, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's funding the dream or I'm getting mm-hmm. the skills or it's it, it makes it the uh a part of the journey and not yeah. just this black hole of wasting time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I feel like this is, I feel so good about myself right now because I feel like 
I've been kind of bumbling around and for like a lot of my my friends and family they're like what are you doing girl like what are you doing especially if you are a attorney and a law professor you pop up one day be like I want to be a show a television show host like what is wrong with you what you mean you want to be a television like right like you feel crazy and for a long time that kept me from going after what I wanted it kept me from being vocal about my dreams and it kept me from pursuing things that I felt like were more in line with my career path and I've noticed that on your page, you talk about costs of staying in a job that you hate. And so like, have you found similar things with other women that they've stayed in jobs that they really don't want out of fear? Like, and then what are the costs of staying in those jobs? There's so many costs. I mean, Mm. physically, weight loss, weight gain, hair loss, skin issues, Mm. ulcers, insomnia, sleep issues, diarrhea, all of those things, (laughs) mentally, depression, anxiety, low confidence, high, um, less creativity, racing thoughts, more mood swings. You know, if I think just more stress. So yeah, like when you, when you're doing unaligned work by its very nature, it's stressful. So you experience higher levels of work stress. And it I, I always tell people it is killing you physically and mentally. And then it's also killing your relationship. So relationally, you find that you're more irritable. You're mm. snapping at people. Research has shown that you have lower sex drive. People who are unhappy at work have, yep, higher divorce rates. Um, you're having more arguments. You're complaining about your job so much that your loved ones are sick of hearing it. And they're like, girl, don't talk to me about this if you're not going to do anything about it anymore. Like, I'm sick of hearing it. Um, so your relationships <laughs> start to suffer. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then, you know, financially, you know, studies have shown, I mean, this number has probably changed since we're in a recession. I don't, we'll see, or is it in for whatever's happening, but as of like 2020, the latest research showed that the maximum amount that people need to earn to where money lo- no longer becomes the primary determining factor for life satisfaction and happiness is $95,000. So on average, what they say, so pretty much on average, once you've hit 95K, it's not like you don't still want more money, but money Mm. is no longer that primary thing you're working towards. Unless you live in New York or California. Or that, yes. And have a family. (laughs) I think so. I think that data is based off of like a single person, right? And, you know, you'd want to change the uh, cost of living, adjust it. But what I just always think of is when you talk about the golden handcuffs, at some point, the money is not good enough anymore. At Mm. some point, the money stops being worth the hit to your confidence, the self-doubt, the feeling like you're not worth it, the feeling like you're not valued. Like they, at some point they can't pay you enough to be as unhappy as you are. And also if I take that 95K and break it down, that comes up to $260 a day. And so what I always think is if you're someone who's not already making that much, this is what I think is, so you're staying in the job, like you might not be making 95, maybe you're making 75K and it's good for you. That's like, depending on where you're living, that's great money. I'm living well, you know? And you're staying in that job you hate because you're afraid or because you don't know what else you'll do. I'm like, technically, that means you don't have life satisfaction. And they said it costs about $260 a day to experience life satisfaction. So if you wanted to put money to it, it's costing you about $260 a day to be unhappy. And also, you're diminishing your earning potential. 
Because what I've also found for a lot of women is it's like once you hit that five-year mark in one company, you are more likely to do eight years, to do 10 years, to do 12 years. And the longer you stay with the company, the more your earning potential takes a hit. Because people who change companies on average earn more than people who stay with one company. Because your company's going to give you what, three to 5% bonus a year if they're feeling frisky, maybe 10%. But when you change jobs, just from that switch, you can go as high as 200%. I had a client go from 65K to 200K two years ago. Yes. Right. And so that's where that changed. So it's like when you stay longer, more often than not, what I've seen happen with my clients, they start taking advantage of you. When you ask for promotions, they keep moving the line, do this and then do that and then do that. And so you're not getting the money that comes with it. And so your earning potential is taking a hit also. You don't get to show up as an expert. And so, because what happens is, you know, when I think of people like your nine to five is just one way of making money. If you truly love what you're doing or enjoy it and you train up as an expert, other opportunities will flow your way. But when you're unhappy, you're not standing in expertise and you're missing out on those outside work opportunities that could also help you financially. So those mm. are just some of the costs I could think of top of my head. If I look on my content, I'm like, I know there's more somewhere, but it is <laughs> most definitely costing you a lot. For sure. I also, speaking of content, I also saw this post just today on LinkedIn that said that companies typically a lot more from a budgetary standpoint to new hires than mm-hmm. retention. And so mm-hmm. I I will, I can speak to this as well. Like I was at a job and as a, let's say fifth year associate, the first year associates coming in were making getting more than me. And some of the lateral hires were making more than the partners because Mm. they had invested so much in attracting new talent, but Mm. had not set aside anything or very little for retaining, Mm -hmm. you know, people that were already at the company. So I feel like that's a gap for a lot of companies that they, they don't even have as a goal to increase current employee salaries they don't or provide additional bonus or incentives and and so many people now are telling me that they're getting promotions with no money like that promotion that ain't a promotion girl (laughs) they change your title right (laughs) and it's probably just right size in the title because you probably doing the same exact job you did yesterday Mm-hmm. They just are more appropriately titling what you were already doing, which is mm-hmm. why you're also not getting an increase in your your coin. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is crazy. And mm-hmm. so I feel like you're 100 percent right. Like there are costs to staying in the job that you hate. And hopefully you're able to pivot into a career that is more aligned. But even if you can't pivot to a career that's more aligned in the, the short term, at least pivot to one where you're at least making the the minimum yeah (laughs) (laughs) for satisfaction I agree well this has been so helpful and so enlightening um I feel like you have gotten my life together so I'm sure there are plenty plenty other folks out there and all of the links that you mentioned today I'm going to include in the show notes so we have to end with the final question which is if you, if this were like your final thoughts, if this is Jerry Springer back in the day, you know, he used to give us <laughs> his final thoughts. Like what is your best advice for leaving that unfulfilling career, identifying a career that is more fulfilling and then taking the leap into that more fulfilling career? Take 
action. Um, thinking doesn't bring clarity, only action does. At some point, your thoughts and your reflections and your journaling will get you only so far. You have to actually take action to figure out if what you did worked or not, and then reiterate and go back. Like research has shown that people always regret inaction, but rarely regret action regardless of the outcome. And that's it. <laughs> Take action. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Michael Jordan uh, has a quote that says, you... Reg um, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't shots take. You don't take. Mm -hmm. Yes, I feel that. I feel that. Well, thank you. That was a fantastic final thought. So, if we have been inspired by this conversation and we feel like we want to get some additional coaching and support from you, how do we find you? Where are you at online in the the ether in the the internet? So where, where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> I'm her career doctor everywhere. Fastest way is going to be Instagram, her career doctor on there. I, I, I stay in my DM so you can DM me, but also hercareerdoctor.com. You can learn all the ways that you can work with me. There's really two primary ways to work with me. And so you can learn more there. You can find access to the podcast there. If you want some, you know, yeah. free, free coaching before you make the investment, the podcast is linked on hercareerdoctor.com, but just search her career doctor and I will come up somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful 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 any any uh sugar-free discounts for my listeners it's okay uh, we might talk about that when you hit when you stop recording we'll talk <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to say no listen because I want my guests to get paid if they gotta the people gotta pay full freight then the people gotta pay full freight but I feel like I had to ask you know <laughs> as you should have <laughs> so the final thing that we have to do before we let you go is our sugar-free quickies so the sugar-free okay. quickies are a set of either or questions and you have to choose one you cannot choose none or both okay all right you ready i'm ready perfect okay so for networking do you prefer linkedin or actual physical in-person networking events networking events really yeah your girl is an extrovert <laughs> I like people <laughs> I feel that I feel that I'm an extrovert too I just find the efficiency of LinkedIn unmatched it's efficient and it it feels less personal to me than an in-person event like I can, I can go to an event and say, Hey, let's like, I can be at a three-day conference. Oh, let's meet at the cafe tomorrow. And I can sit and have a 20 minute conversation with you, or I can DM you on LinkedIn and then wait three days for you to hear back. But in those three days, I started questioning everything I typed and then like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I use LinkedIn and we got to use LinkedIn to get jobs, but if I had to pick it's the event. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Next question. <laughs> If you had to choose, would you choose to be retired, meaning you're still getting an income, but no work or to have to work in your dream job? Dream job. Okay. Okay. Research shows that people who are employed are happier than people who are unemployed. Even if they're unemployed with an income? By choice. Unemployed by choice. Yes. Our brain wants to do work. We were created to work. That's fair. You want to know what's interesting? So yeah. at the top of every semester, I ask my students what they want to be when they grow up. Mm -hmm. And I would say like 30% of my students said they want to be retired. Because <laughs> they think, a lot of people think that retirement 
is ease, right? And yes, it is. But what also happens with retirement when you're not working is you grow bored, your brain deteriorates, you start to feel like you're not contributing to the world and you start to feel unvalued or like you're not, you don't have value. Um, work is a way for us to be a blessing to other people. Work is a way for us to develop, to grow our talents, for us to do meaning. And so like now for me, like if I'm doing my dream job, it also means I'm making buku money. So it's like, I can still travel and go on vacation, but I'm contributing to society. Right. My dream job <laughs> is going to have me paid to run me my money. It ain't a dream if they ain't running me my money, right? There you go. <laughs> All right. A couple more. If you could go to dinner with either one of these ladies, who would you choose? Issa Rae or Sarah Blakely? Issa. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Sarah Blakely fan, so I, I like to throw her in there when I can. <laughs> when you are going or seeking relaxation would you mm -hmm. rather go on a beach vacation or a winter ski retreat oh girl beach i'm nigerian <laughs> we don't do cold i ain't going <laughs> no winter ski retreat <laughs> nah <laughs> give us something different shake it up uh -uh, I uh -uh. my sister's like let's go ski and i'm like i'm not going to the snow with you on vacation that's not a vacation <laughs> So being an attorney, I find myself as the one or the only, you know what I mean, in a lot of yeah. situations. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. all my colleagues seem to just love it so much. I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe they on to something. Maybe maybe I need to ski. They not. I mean, not, not, not missing. No, I don't mean they're not. <laughs> We're different. I mean, let me speak for myself again. I'm Nigerian. I grew up hot. Right. Yep. And I remember in college when it was cold, I will see like these white boys walking around in shorts and flip flops. I'm bundled up. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so maybe our bodies are just built differently. But there is for me, I I don't feel happy and relaxed and like I'm enjoying life when I'm freezing cold. And that's what I equate skiing to is freezing cold. Well, not maybe I could ski once, but if I had to pick, I'm always going for half naked on a beach. <laughs> amen. 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 And the beach going to get whatever body we give it. Yes. Look. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final question. Would you rather read a good book or watch a good movie? Read a good book. Okay. You're an academic. You're a scholar. I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for joining us. This was an amazing episode. And I don't know about y'all, but this one really hit home for me. Look, I have gone back and forth more times than I can count about what exactly I should be doing with my life and how exactly I can chart a path to getting there. And, you know, y'all taking a leap of faith is scary, even to do a side hustle, even, even to like uber eats your dream like whatever you gotta do right especially when that leap is inextricably intertwined with your happiness your financial stability and your survival but after today's episode i'm inspired and convinced more than ever that staying is costing me more than going. So it's time to, to shake a tail feather, ladies. It's time to make moves. Life is short and we deserve the best in all ways and in all things. Because I said so. Argue with your mama, all right? So thanks so much for tuning in this week. And be sure to check back in next week for another fantastic episode, Real Talk. And of course, more of the most exquisite tea that's 100% sugar-free. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. 
and we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends. And be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free. Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try formally today.